Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for 1 Timothy chapter 2. The heading reads, We should pray for all men. Christ is our mediator. Women should dress modestly. Women blessed in childbearing, admonished to continue in faith, charity, and holiness. Verse 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving, giving thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth, which is in Christ Jesus, who is the only begotten Son of God, and ordained to be a mediator between God and man, who is one God and hath power over all men. In other words, all people will have a chance to be saved. Everyone has the capacity to be exalted. Verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. In the Doctrine and Covenants, section 45, we read, Listen to him who is the advocate with the Father, who is pleading your cause before him, saying, Father, behold the sufferings and death of him who did no sin, in whom thou wast well pleased. Behold the blood of thy Son, which was shed, the blood of him who whom thou gavest, that thyself might be glorified. Wherefore, Father, spare these my brethren that believe on my name, that they may come unto me and have everlasting life. Verse 6, Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and and doubting. In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. He's just telling him here to be reverent and to be modest. Verse 10, But which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. It was not the custom of the day for women to be taught. Paul is encouraging women to learn. Verse 12, For I suffer for... I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Not men generally, but this has to do with priesthood authority. Joseph Fielding Smith said, Times have changed from that in the days of Paul. The counsel that Paul gave in the branches of the church in his day was in strict conformity to the law of the times in which he lived. Verse 13, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. When Adam, was, and when Adam and Eve received the first commandment, they were in a transitional state, no longer in the spirit world, but with physical bodies not yet subject to death and not yet capable of procreation. They could not fulfill the Father's first commandment without transgressing the barrier between the bliss of the Garden of Eden and the terrible trials and wonderful opportunities of mortal life. For reasons that have not been revealed, this transition or fall could not happen without a transgression, an, agent, an exercise of moral agency amounting to a willful breaking of a law. This would be a planned offense, a formality to serve 
an eternal purpose. The prophet Lehi explained that if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but would have remained in the same state in which he was created. And they would have had no children, wherefore they would have remained in a state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin. But the fall was planned, Lehi concludes, because all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. It was Eve who first transgressed the limits of Eden in order to initiate the conditions of mortality. Her act, whatever its nature, was formerly a transgression, but eternally a glorious necessity to open the doorway toward eternal life. Adam showed his wisdom by doing the same, and thus Eve and Adam fell that men might be. Some Christians condemn Eve for her act, concluding that she and her daughters are somehow flawed by it. Not the Latter-day Saints. Informed by Revelation, we celebrate Eve's act and honor her wisdom and courage in the great episode called The Fall. Joseph Smith taught that it was not a sin because God had had decreed it. Brigham Young declared, We should never blame Mother Eve, nor not the least. Elder Joseph Fielding Smith said, I never speak of the part Eve played in the fall as a sin, nor do I accuse Adam of a sin. This was a transgression of the law, but not a sin, for it was something that Adam and Eve had to do. Verse 15, Notwithstanding, they shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety or modesty. That's the end of the chapter. Just another reminder about the fall of Adam and Eve. Remember that the commandment that they received um, to multiply and replenish the earth could not be done while they were still in the Garden of Eden. And that uh, as long as they did not partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would stay that way. Uh, but when, when God gave them the commandment not to partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what he was really saying was, if you want to stay here in this Edenic state, in other words, if you don't want to have mortality, then you must, you're forbidden to eat of the fruit. Um, but the fruit of the tree is given to you to make, you, make the choice. So they were allowed to make the choice, and so as uh, as they partook, it was not a sin. But meaning, when, it, when we say it was a transgression, it meant that they went beyond the limit, so that when they did partake of it, whatever that means, uh, then they were subject to mortality and the fall occurred. So anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.